Welcome back to the podcast, We're Not Wrong. I'm your host this week, Emily, and I'm here with all my friends. Hey guys, it's Amanda. Hey, it's Lee. Hi, it's Miguel. Hi, it's Natasha. Hey guys, it's Noel. Hi, it's Val. And today, for my topic, well, it's really our topic, but mm-hmm. um, something that I really wanted to talk about is uh, mental health. And specifically, I mean, there's so many topics within the, the you know, mental health as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to tailor it towards something that I struggle with and I know is, you know, very common, um, and that is anxiety. And I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, how I realized that I had anxiety and it was beyond just like, you know, being nervous about a test or something Mm -hmm. and steps that I took to, you know, make it less debilitating than it got. And then kind of hopes that I have for the future to continue um, to deal with it and get better at dealing with it because it's something that I've realized I will deal with for the rest of my life. And I also think it's an important topic because I'm sure everyone here has has stories about, you know, times that they felt anxious or maybe even have, you know, on you know have it on a more serious level. Not that it's not serious. Any sort of level of anxiety is a, is a serious thing, but mm-hmm. on a level of you know something that you're you're dealing with on on a consistent and daily basis and you know maybe somebody else is going through this here that I don't know and I think also it's important because it's something that I find is still very taboo for people to talk about especially mental health I find that I think as a society we've gotten a lot better um but you know I would have wanted when I was younger and not really sure what I was dealing with I would have wanted to hear somebody talk about it in a very like safe environment and talk about it in a way that it wasn't you know as scary as you know back when I realized I had anxiety it was probably you know I don't even really remember when I first realized it because I've just (laughs) always been a a part of me yeah um but you know when I realized that I had anxiety more than just um, a nervous tick or like, you know, it, it got to a point in college where it was a real problem and mm. it was debilitating and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but, you know, I thought that that would be a great place to start and, you know, I'm sure in another podcast will dive into another aspect of mental health, right. but I think this is a very relatable topic yeah. for a lot of people. And I also find that influencers are really glamorizing anxiety like Mm -hmm. oh it's so I'm so anxious I have this I have that yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah and I'm not discrediting anyone but Mm -hmm. I think it for a little while it became like a cool thing to say like oh my god I have my anxiety yeah exactly and you know I wanted to just talk about it on a level that is relatable and that's like it's okay it's not it's not you know, when I was going through it and I didn't really know a lot about it, I thought, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, yeah. am I the only one who's feeling this way? And mm-hmm. you're not. And you're not alone in, in feeling that. So, I guess for me, um, everyone here pretty much, maybe not Miguel and Lainey Noel, but, but most of you guys know that I deal with anxiety mm-hmm. on a level that is, um, I... 
on a level that can be very debilitating for me. Right. It can be. Uh, yeah. It's something that I deal with every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have something that I haven't talked to you guys about. And it's something that I've known that I've struggled with mm-hmm. since even before I knew what anxiety was. Yeah. But it's something I really came to terms with um, within the last year or so because of going to therapy and talking to experts and that sort of thing is mm-hmm. that I also have obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. And my therapist, who I'll talk about therapy and those kinds of stuff, told me that they are very distant but relative cousins mm-hmm. and I have both of them, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think anxiety kind of comes along with being obsessive compulsive, yeah. but um so those are two things that are in the realm, you know, they're they're similar in a lot of ways of, of obsessing and stressing over things that aren't, you know, really happening. But um, for me, I knew I was obsessive compulsive in high school mm-hmm. because I was obsessed with that show True Life. And <laughs> I <laughs> loved True Life. That was so good. MTV's banger. So good. Um and one day I was watching it, and it was True Life, I have OCD. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I was watching, and I was like, okay, well, thank God I don't have to this level. Because, you know, True Life, it was like the extreme of the extremes. Yeah. But I realized, okay, maybe the, the little quirks and the rituals that I'm doing, mm-hmm. or the thoughts that I'm thinking, yeah. maybe not everybody actually <laughs> is this way. Like, maybe this is just something that I realized that I had. And... Over the course of those 10 years, I would mm. say, until the last year or so, yeah. 9, 10 years, I, you know, I, I pushed it to the back of my brain. It was something I was dealing with every day, but I didn't want to acknowledge it. Mm. And, um, you know, over the course of those years, I, you know, I definitely do, I have, I've had, like, weird little quirks, and I have to do certain things a certain amount of times, but it's more for me obsessive compulsive thoughts right and I get a thought I can be like Tasha's mad at me and I will obsess over that thought I will obsess over every detail and be like okay well this is why because this happened in x y and z and I will convince myself of that Mm -hmm. and it doesn't stop until a I get too exhausted to keep thinking about it Mm -hmm. or b I talk to Tasha and I say are you mad at me is something going on yeah and that's also very similar to anxiety, I think, of, of worrying about yeah. the unknown or worrying about, um, you know, situations that not haven't even happened yet. Yeah. Um, so those are two things that I, I deal with on a daily basis. Um, and on my journey to this, so I realized I had OCD in high school. Anxiety I realized I had in high school, but it didn't get bad until I was in college my sophomore year. Um, I was seeing a guy that I had met the previous year, my freshman year, which is like the most fun year of my whole life. Yeah. Um, and he had graduated that year. He was a senior. He graduated, so we were doing long distance while mm-hmm. I was a sophomore. And, you know, the first semester I was fine. Going into the second semester, I found myself, I wouldn't go out. My friends would always ask me to go out. We lived in a house. They would ask me to go out every day. I would say no. I don't really want to. It got to a point where I just, I didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I didn't leave my room. Mm-hmm. I would go to class. I would come home. I would sit in my bed and I would cry. Yeah. And this went on for like three months. And I remember sitting 
in my room being like, I just want to talk to my boyfriend or I just want to talk to my mom. And I would sit there and I would cry. And, you know, my friends didn't really know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of drifted from them during that time because they didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't even know what I was going through. I ended up going to the doctor, the on-camp, whatever, what are they called? Like I don't even know. Yeah, I forget what campus health or I don't know something, something like that like health, that. Service. health, health services. services yes yeah. I went to health services I he told me I was depressed I do think I was going through a little wave of depression I had never and I have still never gotten to that point thank yeah. god but I do think that was it but I also realized I was just scared to leave my house I didn't want to leave my house I didn't yeah. want to leave anywhere he put me on an antidepressant mm-hmm. made it so much worse for me and I went off of it that semester I lost friendships because I didn't leave my room. I didn't want to leave my room. Yeah. And I would sit and I would cry and I would be anxious and you know, my friends would be on and they'd be like, Oh, my friends are on and I'm not like, Oh, why can't I just go out? And I got to a point where I got I, I wasn't leaving and nobody was asking me to go places anymore. Yeah. Um, so I left that semester, came back the following year, obviously things got a lot better. Um, but then uh you know, fast forward a couple years. My, my last few years of college were totally fine. I left that guy. Things got a lot better. Um, but anxiety was still something that I was dealing with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until my going into my senior year of college that I said, okay, I need to go to a doctor and talk t- to someone about this because it's getting to a point where I can't live on a day-to-day basis without, like, my thoughts consuming me and my worries consuming me so I went to the doctor she's an amazing doctor she's been my my primary care physician for the last few years Mm -hmm. and she um recommended I go on Lexapro which is it's it can be for depression it's not an antidepressant Mm it helps a lot with anxiety so I got nervous because I had that previous experience that made it worse for me yeah she was like We'll try a really low dose. Let's just go on it and see what happens. And it changed my life. Really? I really, like, truly changed my life. And that's not to say that I don't – everybody's different. That's not to say people should just go out and go on medication. But for me, it was, like, a breath of fresh air for me. Like, mm-hmm. I I was the happiest I'd ever been the next year. I was more confident than I had ever been. Um, and I was on a low dose. And everyone was saying things to me so happy you're not like moping around you're not you know worrying you're not texting me being like what if you know I would text my mom every day being like I'm so anxious about this this this. I don't want this to happen this person's mad at me blah 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 and that was you know coming more few and far between and I've been on that for five years now and it you know I've gone up in dosage a little bit I've gone down I've gone up Mm -hmm. it has changed my life I would not be able to be in this career, have mm-hmm. this job. I, I wouldn't be able to have a, any relationships in my life because I got to a point with my anxiety where I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to do anything. I was scared that the littlest thing I would do would piss somebody off or, like, mm-hmm. people would talk about me or I, I would make up these crazy scenarios. And that's not to say that I don't do that still. <laughs> like, it's just instead of it being an everyday thing, mm-hmm. it's every so often. Like, I was having a panic attack couple times a month which is a lot yeah and now I maybe get one once a year 
like wow. twice a year. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know, everyone's different. And like I said, I wouldn't recommend just going out and asking to go on medication, but for me that really helped. Yeah. It slowed down for a little bit. I think my body got used to the medication and I was getting anxious about little things. So I'd go to the doctor and stuff. And um then I always knew that I would benefit from therapy because, <laughs> like, I just knew. Yeah. I, I just knew I would. Um, but I never went. And I didn't go until um, I had to. <laughs> and that was when my best friend, John, passed away. And I've never had anyone close to me, thank God. I mean, and up until this point, no one close to me had, had gotten sick nobody had passed away like nothing yeah so the first death really that i'm dealing with aside from you know a great grandfather that i met when i was one Mm -hmm. was like my best friend maybe in the whole world like somebody who i would have never in a million years like thought that this would happen and i didn't know how to deal with it because i had never i don't think even if i had lost people before i I still wouldn't know how to deal with it because it's just so different and i was watching an interview the other day that uh, about it, it was somebody talking about you know they asked him when was the first time that you felt like an adult mm. and he was like I think the first time I felt like an adult was when I lost the first time I lost a friend and it's so true like I was like okay like this is real life this is yeah. real like these things can happen mm-hmm. so I went to therapy to kind of deal with should I wait no, 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 no. so I went to therapy to deal with, should I wait? Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to therapy to deal with grieving my friend, mm-hmm. um, and that was my intention to go for that case, and it ended up turning into two years of me going to her and talking. Of course, like John will get brought up every now and then, yeah. but like. Then I started talking to her about anxiety, and mm-hmm. she told me, I think you're obsessive compulsive. Let's, like, talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I, it was, like, a weight lifted off my shoulders. Like, oh, my God, I knew, like, this was, a, like, I knew this was real, but, like, I didn't want to admit it. Right. And so she's helped me deal with those sorts of things that I deal with on a daily basis with that and also anxiety. And um, so that's kind of been my journey on this road. Mm-hmm. And therapy and medication has been, like, it saved my life 100%. I got to a really, really dark place before then. And, um, you know, it's not a end all be all. It's not like I'm fixed, you know, it's still something I deal with on a daily basis, but I, I allowed myself and I gave myself the tools that I needed in order to deal with it in a healthier way and have it be less debilitating. Mm. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of share the story of my journey in realizing that I had anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder and those sorts of things so that anybody out there, I would have wanted to listen to somebody talk about it in a normal way. And like, maybe somebody's realizing, oh, I'm having like these quirks or I'm feeling this way. And I think it can be really helpful. And so I kind of wanted to ask you guys, um, you know, have you dealt with anxiety? And if you have, how have you dealt with it and have you, um, yeah, I mean, how, how do you deal with anxiety? How do you deal with nerves that you get or, like, little anxious tics or, like, 
you know, con- convincing yourselves of things that aren't true, like Robin and I have spoken about storytelling and, you know, doomsday. I'm totally a doomsday person. Oh Somebody God. looks at me weird, I'm like, they hate me. Yeah. And this is why they hate me, and I'm going to convince myself of weird. So anybody else who wants to share their stories of, of kind of anxious habits that they have and how you deal with it or how you'd like to deal with it better, I guess. I mean, I'll, I just, like, I'm just so happy that you talked about mental health, like, when you chose this as your topic, because I feel like it's so important for people to know about it and, like, not feel alone. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because the first time I really found out about anxiety was from an anxiety attack mm-hmm. that I had at work. And I didn't know it was an anxiety attack because I convinced myself that I was having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And then... That's common. No, I know. And I was, like, calling a doctor and explaining what I had, and she was like, this sounds like a heart attack. So I went outside, and, like, Robin came out, and she was like, do you have anxiety? And I was like, no. And I kept saying, I was like, no, 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 I don't have anxiety. And, like, over, like, the coming weeks and months, I was like, I think I had an anxiety attack. Yeah. And it was just like over and over again I was convincing myself that it wasn't yeah but totally was because I was like I don't even remember what it was about but like I just remember obsessing over something yeah and then realizing it ended up being like my heart was racing yeah and I was like it was doomsday I was like oh my god like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen and it was crazy Mm -hmm. but knowing like being able to talk about it in like an open platform like this is so important yeah like if you hadn't brought it up, I probably wouldn't have been constantly thinking about it. Like, did I ever have an anxiety attack, or have like, do I experience anxiety? Mm-hmm. So, um, I have uh, a lot of family members who struggle with anxiety um, and depression. Like, it, it, it to a point where like there were a couple of people that like I had to stop from committing suicide. Like one wow. physically, I called the cops like stopping it happen and one getting a call and having to run to the hospital and I think from those incidents I was so like angry at them I didn't really understand like it was more like why did you want to leave me you know yeah and I think that's why I never really wanted to come terms when I would feel as if I was struggling with something um I I don't I never went to a doctor. It's like almost as if like I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But there were times where I would not want to leave my house, and still like I haven't been at my house at school. I, I went home like for just I was going through a lot this semester too with a bunch of stuff, mm. and um, and I even spoke to my friends and they're like, well you leave us or you don't really talk to mm-hmm. us, but it's really not that and I don't I didn't realize that maybe I am struggling with something until I know I felt like forcing myself to do things like yeah. forcing myself totally. to leave my room and yeah. stuff and it was exhausting and I knew like I sh- it shouldn't feel tiring yeah. to do things um I have like I my first like panic attack because my mom struggles with really bad anxiety I was I got into a fight with my ex-boyfriend and we were yelling at each other and then my heart started beating really really fast and I felt like I couldn't breathe yeah I was breathing but it was like like it was like that and it kept happening and I couldn't stop it and I was sitting on the floor literally shaking like and and I just I didn't I never wanted to come to the terms with like maybe I'm struggling with what my mother struggles with 
because she gets it really bad. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't, she likes to keep to herself even at home, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's hard because I, I don't know if I have OCD, I don't think I do, but, but even like coming late to work today, I was sitting in the car panicking, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I, I had to roll all my windows down because I needed fresh the air, fresh air that's yeah. why I needed to call you, I was yeah. like, I need to call them, so just like, let them know I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry that I'm late, but like, I'll sit there and think like, oh my God, like, this is my first, like, job like your first real like job and and I'm, I'm showing up late I get like yeah. that and I think about it all the time and I'm like what if Robin wants to fire me when I get there like, <laughs> I have these crazy thoughts in my head yeah. and I can't get them out and it's even like that but with my group of friends like that's like anxiety to a T that's yeah. just you convince yourself of situations sometimes they're true but a lot of times you're storytelling or you're you're convincing yourself of things like they looked at me weird. They said said something weird, so this must be happening. And now, and then you convince yourself that it's happening, and you believe it to be true. And like that's your truth, and nobody can convince you otherwise. It yeah. feels bad. Like I don't wanna. I like haven't hung out with my friends either. Mm-hmm. Like I and I can't be in a with people who. Let's say even going to a party, like people that I'm not really comfortable with. I went out for Thanksgiving Eve. Mm-hmm. I was at the bar for not even ten minutes. Cause I was like, I can't be here, and yeah. I called my cousin. I'm like, you need to pick me up. Yeah, I just I feel so uncomfortable being around like big crowds. Yeah, I always feel like someone's looking at me weird yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's totally. so exhausting. It really it's is. It's exhausting. It's draining. It is, and you get to a point where it's like for me when it, I've gotten to points where it was exhausting, and I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like. And not that I was suicidal, but I was just like, I have to change something. Otherwise, I'm going to drive myself fucking crazy. Like, yeah. I'm going to drive myself to a point where I'm not going to be able to come back from because I, living on a day-to-day, was got too exhausting to me. And I definitely, I have days where I'm, I exhaust myself from my thoughts, but it's, um, you know, getting help for certain things is the best thing that I could have done. And everybody's different, you know? It took me, I, like you were saying about, you know, you didn't want to admit it to yourself. I didn't want, I knew I was obsessive compulsive and I didn't want to admit that to myself until my therapist mentioned it to me 10 years later and was like, you know, you, you, you have everything you say and the way that you act leads to, you know, I think you have obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. And I was like, it was like a weight lifted. I was like, Okay, maybe I'm not, yeah. like, I, I guess I do, and, like, I, I, you don't want to admit it to yourself, even. Like, you don't want it to think that it's real. So, it's, that dealt with the same exact thing. And I, I want to, like, I don't give myself time to take care of myself. Yeah. So, I'll say I want to go to therapy. I, I'll say, like, I'm going to go to the doctors, but then I don't even want to leave my house to go. Right. So, it's just something that, like, I think I need to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on a different timeline too. I didn't go. I didn't go to therapy until for a completely other reason than why I I should have gone a while ago. And the fact that you even know this and you feel that way, I feel like that's a step in and of itself to be like, yeah. oh, I realize this about myself. Yeah, and I think it being around like people who do struggle with it, like I could you you, it's it takes a toll on like the people who struggle with it and their caretakers. Right. 
it takes such a big toll because like even for me and my mother like there's times where I would feel like I have to take care of her Mm -hmm. you know and and you notice how it is and like I was picking off on things picking up on things that I'm dealing with that I see that she deals with right so it would get me like especially like a partner too like yeah will I might I fell in love with him for so many reasons, but one of the main reasons was, like, he never made me feel like I was crazy. And right. people pick up the slack sometimes when I'm, you know, like, the, people say, like, relationships are 50-50, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes yeah. he, I can only give 10%, and you need to give me 90% to make this work. Or, like, sometimes he'll be, you know? And yeah. for me, I, I was so grateful to find somebody who didn't find me exhausting, who, like, you know... I don't ever feel like, and I'm sure I do, it is exhausting, (laughs) the the (laughs) things that I go through and run through with him, and, you know, he never tells me, you have to stop, like, this is driving me crazy. Yeah. And so that was a a major thing, I think, when you meet someone, and not even a romantic partner, like you said, your mom, or to have anyone in your life, to have a, a support system, people who understand what you're going through or not even understand what you're going through but just are there for you and never make you feel like you're exhausting or you're too much is is incredibly important because I was with boyfriends and you know my family's always been very supportive but I my two previous relationships it was like cool like I would say something and it would be one answer or it would be like can we stop talking about this or you're crazy or this or that yeah. so it's important to find people who um, support you and you know are there for you in in times where you're struggling yeah and even just like, like explaining to those people like hey like I have anxiety mm-hmm. like this is how I get sometimes like this is what I go through this is how my thoughts are sometimes I think it's important and a lot of it has to do with the way people view mental health mm-hmm. in, in and of itself like people don't really like it's not it's not out there as much as like physical health conditions like like even just going back to amanda she thought she was having a heart attack but like no one tells you the symptoms of like a panic attack or like an anxiety attack like they don't tell you that it's like similar like no one knows about that stuff like i didn't know about it until like true life or like things like that and that's why i think this topic was so important to me because it is still very taboo for people to talk about yeah and i read this quote the other day I've seen this quote before mm-hmm. and it is so true and I wanted to read this because this is the reason why I really wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. is because okay so it says that's the, that's the stigma because unfortunately we live in a world where if you break your arm everyone runs over to sign your pass but if you tell people you're depressed everyone runs the other way that's the stigma we're so accepting of anybody anybody part breaking down other than our brains and that's ignorance and that ignorance has created a world that doesn't understand depression, that doesn't understand mental health. Yeah. And it's yeah. so true. It's like, you'll, you know, somebody's sick, you'll run to the hospital, see them any second. And yeah. You know, when, when somebody is dealing with depression or anxiety or, or obsessive compulsive disorder or whatever, you're, you're crazy. And you're, you know, all these things, I think it's so important to talk about mental health because so many people struggle with mental health issues. Yeah, it is more people than you could ever even think. People that you see on Instagram, like, oh, they live live these perfect lives. Like, uh, more people than you think are dealing with like 
you know, you could follow someone and think they're the most beautiful, gorgeous person in their life, Mr. Carcutt, and that's not reality. Yeah. Everyone's showing their highlight reel. Nobody's, and I think it's important to show, you know, parts of you that are human and, and things that you're going through because it makes you more relatable. And then it opens up the t- discussion of, okay, well, let's be more accepting of this as a society. Let's see how we all can be better at, at handling situations like this. Yeah. I think you really need to like look at someone and say, okay, well, um, not I wonder, but like maybe they're going through something or maybe they're dealing with something because I see this a lot even in college, like mm. with someone acting distant or someone being weird or like I know someone who struggles um, with who's bipolar, mm-hmm. and there's times where like they'll act like your best friend for mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. like at weeks on end and then all of a sudden it's like they won't even look your direction yeah. and people would know but because they don't struggle with that illness yeah um they wouldn't understand like and it's like oh my god she's being a bitch now all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's so weird yeah it's like well she's really going through something like you need to take that into account or what even when someone's anxious and they don't want to be around people mm-hmm. like when I wasn't going out with my friends, even at home, and I would stay out, they were they started calling me Hollywood. They said, you're so Hollywood, you act like you're too good to hang out with us. But it really isn't like that. It's like, I physically don't, like, have the mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. And I feel I, like mentally don't have the energy. Emotionally yeah. don't have the energy. Like that's what, that's what I went through in college. That's what I, you know, that story that I was telling of, like, I couldn't leave my room. I lost so many friends because they didn't understand it and they thought I was just antisocial or yeah. I didn't fuck with them or yeah. converse. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I don't know. Podcast but they thought, they thought, like, I didn't fuck with them. They yeah. thought that I was a bitch or I was, and the reality is I physically couldn't leave my room without yeah. like, wanting to break down and cry. Right. Um, and that's, again, why it's so important. And not that everybody needs to understand exactly what you're going through, but if you express to them, like yeah. you said, like, no, it's not you. It's it's. Yeah. I need you to just be patient with me while I, I go through this. Yeah. Something. I think that's the best explanation. Mm-hmm. Is I need you to be patient with me while I go through this. Because mm-hmm. we can't control the things that are as much as we'd like to. We can't control the things that are going on in my head. And totally. I I've probably said that any time that I've had a conversation where it's like I'm not perfect. My heart is, mm-hmm. and I know that. But like, I can't control what's going on in my head so I just need you to be understanding right now yeah even the explanation of like sometimes it's 90 10 sometimes it's 80 20 like you can't always be 50 percent 100 percent so I think it's finding surrounding yourself with friends and your significant other both of which are understanding to what you're going through definitely I remember when I was um like 13 and I was at in my in the cafeteria at lunch and I was just sitting with friends and all of a sudden I was like I had trouble breathing and I started to feel like my heart racing Mm -hmm. and I got scared because I didn't know what was happening so I went to the nurse's office and I called my mom and she they thought again like it was something with my heart Mm -hmm. and they told me to go see a cardiologist and I went and he you know that I'm talking 30 years, uh, you know, less than thir- uh, 29 years ago, mm-hmm. 
and it was not a thing yeah. to have anxiety or panic attacks or those types of things. And I remember going to the cardiologist and he diagnosed me with like costochondritis and it was like a heart muscle that gets like swollen. And he said to take like a Bayer aspirin when, when it happens and it should like help relax it. And it never really relaxed it. Right. And it, it wasn't often that I had it. So when, um, you know, whenever it happened, when it did happen, like few and far between, it was always like, you know, you would think you're having a heart attack, you're getting like chest pains or somebody yeah. sitting on your chest and you're grasping for the deep breath and all of those types of things. And then when you go to take the deep breath, it's like a shooting pain again and you don't understand what's happening. And it wasn't until I think I moved to Hawaii that I went and started seeing a therapist out there mm-hmm. and she said, those are all signs of anxiety. Yeah. And Bayer aspirin isn't going to help anything and she gave me a prescription for clonopin to take as needed and I maybe took one a year Mm -hmm. and I still have a prescription I haven't taken one in over two years I think but um, it just it complete completely relaxes you yeah and um, I learned about storytelling and projecting and all of those things because you get into a place in your head that you're overthinking something and then you're getting to a point where you're now putting together an entire story 100%. based on your negative thoughts but they're not intentionally negative it's just where your mind goes mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like um, like I think for me um, it comes from like past stuff so the past pain that I've been through or abuse or whatever it is all comes into my life now mm-hmm. and I just assume that everybody is the same so if this person did if these people all did this to me then it's gonna happen here so let me protect myself mm-hmm. and project all of the things that are happening build a whole story around it and sometimes I'm absolutely out of my mind and sometimes I'm completely on point and you'll completely convince yourself that that's reality yeah and not anything that anybody can say changes your mind until you get to a point where you have the courage to talk about it Mm -hmm. and then you know not even necessarily with some like your friends but when you talk about it with somebody that's like a professional they help you understand like okay these thoughts are from things that have happened like in your past that now you're building it into this and you know, unfortunately, it's something you just have to work through. Yeah. And um, I found a quote also. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I took like a page how you stole my shit. Yeah, I took, I took a page out of Robin's book. <laughs> <laughs> um, mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. Hmm. Um, and it's so true. It's yeah. like, it is, it's a process that you go through. And I remember, like, two, um, maybe almost three years ago, for two and a half years ago, it was a Sunday, and I woke up, and I just, I could not stop crying. And I'm not necessarily a big crier, but all day Sunday, I couldn't stop crying. I didn't want to leave my house, and then Monday came, never take off, like, I never take off on Monday from work, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't leave my house, and I couldn't stop crying, and my best friend called, and she was like, how you doing today? And I was like, I, I can't even leave my house. I can't stop crying. I don't know what's wrong with me. And she said, I think it's time to go and talk to somebody. And I called that day, made an appointment for Thursday of that week, 
went in and I went and saw the same person for probably two and a half, two and a half years. And it was the best thing I could have ever done because she helped change my life so much as far as like retrain, like retrain, people say like you have to retrain your brain, but it's one of the most difficult things oh, to yeah. do mm -hmm. because you're so programmed by the time you're our ages, whether it's you're in your twenties or forties like yeah. me, it's, you're so programmed to, I, I live in survival mode because it's all I've known my whole life mm -hmm. and it's not where you're supposed to stay. Right. It's supposed to be where you, survival mode helps you get out of a certain place, but I learned to live there mm -hmm. and base my life around that. And it's so unhealthy to do because you got to enjoy it instead of like, otherwise you let everything pass you by because you're so caught up in your own thoughts and your own head and protecting yourself. And it's like, let go, let God. Totally. It's, it's literally one of my favorite like sayings that people say is let go like God because we can't control what other people are going to do to us. Yes. We can control how we handle it, what we tolerate, what we accept in our lives, yep. like what we stay with and move on from. But it's like let go like God. But yeah. for you, Lainey, like um, therapy is like, <clears throat> I used to think I had social anxiety. That's what I think I had. And I started to like look at everything in my life and I didn't have <clears throat> social anxiety I was surrounded I surrounded myself with assholes mm -hmm. and that's what I realized like I don't have social anxiety I have people in my life that fucking suck mm -hmm. and anytime I went out with them they always went out of their way to like do things to make me feel uncomfortable or um, like find my weaknesses and kind of play off of them to make themselves feel better and it was like I found every time I was out I was always like God why do I feel like this? Like, I shouldn't be out. I should just stay home. Like, maybe there's something wrong with me. And then I realized, like, after some time, people started, like, I, I developed better friendships. And when I did, they started calling, like, the people that I was hanging out with at the time different names. Like, this guy's a tool, and mm -hmm. this guy's we call tool time. Or all, all these different, like, jokes. Mm -hmm. And I realized, once I surrounded myself with better people, that I didn't have, there was nothing wrong with me. It was the people that I was choosing to be around. And I'm not saying that's the same situation oh, yeah. for you, but, you know, if you surround yourself with people like, you know, we, everybody here, it's like, you know, when I go through something, I always go to Tosh because, like, Tosh always has, like, the most, like, sound advice, unbiased, like, I don't know where her intellect and experience comes from because <laughs> she's, like, half my age, but I still, like, turn to her because... It's like she puts things into perspective for me. And once I talk to her, I no longer feel like as crazy as I did before. And it really comes down to like who you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with like beautiful people that are always looking to like bring out the best in you and you know, to be there for you like wholeheartedly, to know when you're quiet and like pull you aside and try to talk to you. Not like to pull anything out, just to like silently let you know like, Listen, I'm here. You may not want to talk about anything right now, and I get it, but I love you. Yeah. It's like, it, it really, it, it makes a difference, like the quality of people that you surround yourself with. This is weird to bring up, but I used to smoke a lot, right? And um, it, it used to, like, cal calm me down. Like, mm -hmm. I used to smoke every time I got out of work, to, like, visit with my friend, whatever. But then all of a sudden, when I would smoke, I would get 
really anxious, mm. like bad anxious. Mm -hmm. Like I'd start overthinking my whole life and then I never wanted, like I wouldn't, mm. I would start to feel like my heart is literally beating outside my chest. <laughs> like mm. it, it happened out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then I started to realize that a lot of it depends on the people that yeah. I was smoking with. Because mm -hmm. I would- cigarettes or weed? No, weed. Oh, okay, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so like I, I'd, um, smoke and then like let's say like I don't know if it, I was having like a bad relationship with someone or right. something happened in the past yeah I'm iffy about them but we were just hanging out and we're smoking mm -hmm. I'd start feeling so like am I acting weird I'm doing something weird yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm acting weird yeah around, around the wrong I, people. yeah I would do that all the time so it's just funny that you say that because it's something I do notice that like like I come here and I don't feel I was anxious in the beginning, of course. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to do everything right. Yeah. Um, but I still want to do everything right. But, yeah, <laughs> but, like, besides that, like, you guys make me feel like I could just be myself. I don't have to put on an act. Like, yeah. there's nothing that makes me think mm -hmm. badly, you know? Yeah. So that's I how it should be. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. how it should be. When I, when, in high school and college, like, <clears throat> I used to smoke with my friends, and there was always one there was always one girl that was always hanging around. Like I have th three best friends that I grew up with that were guys and they were like ride or die. One of them would pick me up every day after school because he knew I hated being home. I'd go to his house, we'd play Super Mario Karts and we'd get really high. <laughs> and I was always fine with him and the other two guys that he would hang out with because they were like my boys. But there was one girl that was like, at the time she was a good friend, I thought she was a good friend of mine but she needed to feel better about herself by putting me down. Yeah. And so every time he would mm -hmm. smoke and she would show up, the guys would call me Dolly because I would sit in a corner and I wouldn't talk because I always felt like, oh, she's here. It was like, I didn't understand energy then. And it was like, as soon as she got there, there was like negative energy around. Yeah. And I couldn't be myself. I always thought like I was doing something stupid. I was saying something stupid or like, somebody's judging me or like they're probably looking at me thinking I'm ugly like mm. all these different yeah. things I was going through until I smoked with like without her and the guys were there and I was like laughing and having yeah. fun and busting mm. chops but like not putting anybody down like yeah. just having a good time and eventually I realized it was her and her negativity and her like energy that changed everything for me and now I'm super specific if like yeah <clears throat> I smoke I'm, I'm very specific about yeah. who I smoke around because if I if I'm gonna do it, which I don't necessarily have the time to, so if I want to take the time and do it with people, it's got to be the right people, so mm. that I know I'm gonna be laughing and having fun the whole time. Totally. Because yeah. the second I feel insecure, it's somebody in that room that's making that's bringing that energy in. It's not us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think also that smoking and not smoking too. That's something that happens and through therapy, and I think just also it happens naturally as you get older. Um, I realized friendships that made me more anxious when I was with them than when I was not with them. And for me, cutting, and I don't mean it in such a harsh way, like cutting these people out, but mm -hmm. just really making my circle smaller and only surrounding myself with people who made me feel good or made me feel like I didn't have to put on a front or, you know, I didn't walk away from it being like, I know they're talking about me, I know this is going on, like, your life becomes so much better. You're not so worrying about, because who, you know, we go to work all day or you go to class all day. 
when you have your you time, you want to spend it around people who are bringing you up and not making you feel worse. Yeah. And so if your work, if your life is all work and then you're also surrounding yourself with people who make you feel like shit, you're going to... It, it transpires into everything. Yeah. It, your, your life literally becomes shit. Yeah. Because you have, you're dealing with work and the stresses and all of that type of stuff. And then you're going home and you're dealing with shit yep. upon shit mm-hmm. upon shit. And eventually you become, I'm sorry, but like you become that. Not yep. you specifically, but like no, shit becomes you. Because like yeah. you sit there and you're dealing with the negativity. Eventually you're going to become negative. Mm-hmm. You're going to become spiteful. Mm-hmm. You're going to change the person that you are. Yeah. So that's why like in your, like teens and 20s, you know, you go out and you have like 30 friends that you're partying with and all this stuff. You get into your 30s, your circle, 40s, everything gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And I, like, there's nothing better for me knowing that I have five rider dies, you know, six rider dies, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I don't have 20 friends. Yeah. And I don't want fucking 20 yeah. friends. I'll tell you that much because girls are drama, guys are drama, mm-hmm. there's so much bullshit to deal with. I want to be around the select people that I know are positive people, wholeheartedly good, that truly care, that they're not negative, they're not judging, they're not like, you know, yeah. it's like, there's enough shit in this world, we don't need to carry it on in our day-to-day life. Totally, and you so get to true. a point too, it's like, yeah, like, I didn't want to lose friends, like, my college friends and a group of pe- girls that I went to camp with, not like Bill and Tori, but mm. I was so close with them, and I found every time I was around them, I was a more negative person or I was more self-loathing to myself, or I would storytell even more, Mm. I would convince myself. And I got to a point where I have love for them, of course, but I would never wish ill on anyone. But for me, the best thing I ever did was take a step back and really focus on the people that I love and who love me and accept me. And I never question, like, oh, are they talking about me? Or, you know, like, do they think I'm ugly? Like, that's, I never think that Mm -hmm. anymore. And as hard as it is to let go of friendships because you think, oh, I've known this person for this amount of time. I have these memories with this person. Mm. If they're making you feel like shit and you become a shitty person, what is the point? <laughs> That's your 20s. Yeah. Your 20s, you're holding on to, the, I mean, yeah, I did it too. You're hold, And we've talked about this before. You're, you're holding on to people because like, oh my God, I've been friends with them since I was in eighth grade yeah. or ninth grade. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Because once you, uh, you know, when you, who you're friends with in, in eighth grade, you don't even know who the fuck you are in eighth grade. Right? I didn't know who I was when I was in a senior in high school. Yeah. Like, I didn't figure myself out until I was 32. Mm-hmm. So, like, those friends that you met then, they no longer fit into your world, and that's yeah. totally, fine. totally fine. And it's a struggle to get to a point to say, this doesn't suit me anymore, I'm gonna let this go. Because people get confrontational, they think they did something wrong, or you know, they want to continue their friendship and all this stuff, and it's like, it's just not worth it anymore. It's not. It's yeah. really not. And, you know, I'm proud of all of us because I feel like together we have all created an environment that when new people come in, like Galini said, like when people come into our office, yesterday was a perfect example, like Alini's a perfect, you know, it's like we project such like positivity. We all bust each other's chops. We all butt heads from time to time. Totally. It's like we, we spend more time together than we do with our families. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, like 
we all accept everybody. Miguel is a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Miguel is. You came in when you started with us, and you were so shy and so quiet. And I was like, this is not going to work out. I got to tell this kid, like, I don't have time for you. I don't have hours for you. And then a week went by, or two weeks went by, and all of a sudden, like, and I know it's the love from all of us in the room that all of a sudden, you and Tosh became like brothers and sisters. Like, <laughs> you and Emily secretly hated each other, but loved each other at the same time. You started <laughs> busting everybody's chops, and you are a different person now than you were two years ago when you walked into the office with some lady that fucking didn't tell me she was coming <laughs> in. And now, we, do, we wouldn't know what we would do without you, because like you're yeah. such part of our family that it's like, you know, but I I'm so proud of all of us, because I feel like all of us have that effect on people where they come in here and somehow we all just kind of like accept everybody for what they are like what they're going through and try to help everybody through whatever they're going through and then eventually we all just become one big fucking family I just want to say something about like having a good work environment because how it's important that is beyond important because my jobs are literally sorry my old jobs my old jobs were horrible my bosses were actual monsters and like I would cry every day going to work I didn't even like being around people there and then I come here and like I was even thinking about this in the car today driving here and my three-hour commute um, <laughs> but I was thinking I was like it's crazy because I was so nervous for coming late but when I was at my old jobs I would not I wouldn't I'd be like okay she could wait because like, yeah. I hated them so much they were so mean but since you're such like you're more than a boss to me like, I want to do right by you. Aww. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And right by all of you guys. So, like, I think, like, that's so important because, like, and I know you guys aren't the type of people to really penalize, like, the shit out of me for mm. doing something like that. I like, know as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. but you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you I, working on? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in general, like, it's just, you, you guys really help me. And I think we all help each other, and yeah. that's the... Tasha's giving me the wrap it up. Let's go. (laughs) But that's the beautiful thing. It's the company that you keep. It is such an important aspect of um, keeping yourself sane. Yeah. I found that to be a really important part. And so. The company and the environment. Yeah, the environment. It's so important. If you're in a shitty place, like, what can you do? Like, there's only. You can only be so great given the environment you're in. So, like. Yeah. You know? That's all I had to say. Honestly, I just wanted to make sure I spoke during the podcast. Damn. Shit, I didn't say anything. <laughs> okay, we'll edit your name out. <laughs> no, um, no, I just, it's something that is such a part of me. Anxiety and OCD and, and these things that are such a part of me that I've come to not be so hard on myself about. Yeah. I know that this is who I am and you know, I will do my best to work on these things. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to wrap it up, but I, I don't think that that's fair to say to yourself. I don't think this is who you are. This is, these are the cards that you're dealt with. This is what you're, this is what you're working through. Yeah. Um, I think, like, who you are is, like, you know, genuinely a good person, and, you know, we all have struggles. This yeah. is one of your struggles. It's yeah, like, no, that's very that's true. what you're going through. It's not who you are. I read somewhere it something. Define you. Yeah. yeah, it was something like, like n- when you have something, like if you're depressed or like you have anxiety, to not like claim it as it's yours in a sense, because then you just like, yeah, be- like you, you become it. Yeah. So like rather than saying like, I'm depressed or I have anxiety, like 
like I get anxious sometimes instead just kind of like thinking it that yeah. way instead of like owning that it's like yours it doesn't define Still you as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in no. our forever yeah. work totally. progress, yeah. every yeah. single one of us, there's yeah. nobody mm-hmm. that's excluded from that. Every totally. single person in this world is a work in progress. And I love that too. You're right. It's not, it's not who, who I am. It's a part finished. of me. Yeah. Like it's a, it's something that I, sh- I deal with. It's an everyday struggle yeah. for real. It's something that I deal with on an everyday basis. Is is a better yeah. way to say it. But you know, I've gotten to a point where. I no longer really run from these things or mm. I don't hide it. I accept it and I know what's going on and I try to use the tools that I've been given in the best way and some days are better than others. It's not, you know, I, this is, you know, it's something that I deal with and I, you know, like Robin said, we're all works in progress. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I, I'm really, really, proud of the person that I'm becoming. You should be. And I think that it's so important to talk about these things because mm. that's what I would have wanted. I still want that. I still yeah. want to hear people talking about, you know, yes, I have anxiety or yes, you know, I I, I am depressed or I have these things, but I'm okay and yeah. I'm going to be okay. And it's normal. Yeah. Like, it is so much more normal than anyone thinks. And so mm. that's a really big thing that I, you know, I just think it's so important to, to not have it be such a taboo topic and to talk about it. And if it helps one person to even, like, share a quote on Instagram about mental health and something right. resonates with it, yeah. that's so important, mm-hmm. trying to really break the stigma mm-hmm. of, oh, something's fucked up with your brain, like, she must be crazy. Or yeah. And it's like, no. Like, I think that, and I, I realize having anxiety and being so worried about certain things in my life it also means that I have a, a big heart and yeah that I you don't care. want to hurt people yeah. I don't want to be hurt yeah like that. so trying to find positives in that as well yeah but yeah I mean that's kind of my story and I'm so glad everybody shared theirs too because it's important and um I'm sure we will have another topic yeah mental health <laughs> there's so much more we could talk about even yeah. just with an anxiety yeah but yeah this was great yeah and appreciate you guys you everyone <laughs> in this room has helped me in one way or another and i'm so appreciative and, and we all will continue to and yes. just like we all do together we all help each other yeah mm-hmm. you know thank you guys for listening and you know if you know somebody who's dealing with these sorts of things pass it maybe pass this along to yeah. them and, and you know help them out a little bit or if it's something that you um are dealing with yourself i hope that this makes you feel not as alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and be kind to one another because yeah. you never know what people are going through in their own exactly. in their own life, in their own mind, despite their smiling faces. Ellen's like, cut the check. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for today. Happy Friday. Make sure you follow along. Uh, follow us on Instagram at, at we're not wrong. And if you have any questions for us, you know, feel free to slide in our DMs if you have anything that you want to talk about with this topic, even love to hear your thoughts and, and get back to you and uh, this was actually our last podcast of no. the year so we will of see the decade you, of the decade <laughs> we will see you in 2020 and get ready because we have a lot more in store for you whoa yay happy new year Do I have Chloe after can you can you give us a look and I said yay happy new year <laughs> <laughs> that's what we wanted <laughs> <laughs> bye
Bye. 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 Bye.